Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Steph March. Good morning. I'm Stephanie Hansen. We are so happy to have you here on the first official show of feast season. It is officially feast season. Well, now. good, because I feel like I'm already suffering from panic attacks and heart palpitations about, oh my God, is Thanksgiving like two weeks away? It feels like it's two weeks away. Is it? No. Okay, it's three weeks. It's like three weeks. Okay, but that's still like. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many things to work through. Let me just level set that we are, uh, we were just looking at our grid and thinking about the shows we have coming up. And I think it's important to know there are only three shows before Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's, I think, what I'm like feeling. Next Saturday and then the following Saturday, which will be the all Thanksgiving show on the 18th. But nonetheless, it's the 4th, the 11th, the 18th, and then and then it's the feast. Yeah. And I felt like, okay, when I was planning content, I'm not thinking about the feast yet because I just literally got home from yeah. eating myself sick in Las Vegas. Right. And I'm like, oh, Thanksgiving. Like, I got to start thinking about Thanksgiving. So I was like, okay, do I need to do Thanksgiving stuff today? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I'm glad we have an all Thanksgiving show. I know. Well, we're going to dribble it out the next two weeks. We've got stuff So we want to prepare you a little bit more than just like coming in hot on the last day. But we do. You know, we'll we'll line up some experts on the 18th and we have uh, we have some fun stuff kind of booked and thinking about it. Um, But, yeah, we're just kind of getting ready. It's time to start. I did get my like my Bon Appetit came in the mail like two weeks ago. Okay, Stephanie, have you read it? I haven't read it. I don't start it. I don't read it literally until this weekend. Like, well, I know you have rules about I know, that I the know, feast I'm... does not start till after Halloween has commenced. And then and then also we can't talk about Christmas until after Thanksgiving. I understand. <laughs> I know the rules. I play your games. I'm with you. My poor family and you. No, I mean, honestly. it's fine. I actually kind of like it. It gives me a delineated holiday time. Yeah, and it also like, I'm just here to help structure things. You can stay within my structure on this. And like, the funniest part is I'm the least structured person of all time. No, and 
yet but you have this. certain rules. These are the rules. And yet this. So uh, I can tell you did that you, you looked through it. You looked through the mag. I did both of them. Okay, food and wine and bon appetit. I did buy the food and wine. Uh, oh, th- well, here's the deal, guys. They're so thin. I'm, well, let's let's not. I mean, I can't judge it on thinness because that's thin. not their fault. I know it's that's thin, not though. their fault. And the other thing is that you know, I don't know. The last couple of years, though, I remember last year I was very disappointed in the things. And this is where we have to level set with us. Is that us? Have we? I mean, have we had so many Thanksgivings now that it's going to be real hard to surprise us or real hard to thrill and delight us? Like, should they be then, should they have, should they do this? And maybe they are switching to that mode where they're going back to the, the millennials are all turning in their thir- late thirties and forties. And that's a massive amount of population who maybe is for the first time having kids and doing Thanksgiving on their own. No, that's not what's <laughs> happening. Cause it would have been like understandable if that what was happening. Let's just say this. I read the whole uh, food and wine and came away with one recipe that I felt like I would actually maybe consider as a new one for my Thanksgiving table. Okay. One. Yeah, I mean, do you and remember? I'm developing recipes, so. I know. But that's even maybe harder, too, is that you're developing recipes, so you are, you're so steeped in it. And maybe they're anchoring it in, other, I don't know. It's don't not know. traditional, though. And it's not avant-garde. It's okay. just somewhere in this land of... You mean the whole magazine or the one you picked? The whole magazine. Okay. I did say, I don't know if you saw the Facebook question, but I did put one up this morning, you guys, and I said, um, are you someone who is very excited to tuck into the comfort of your tried and true Thanksgiving dishes, or are you someone who is thrilled by the idea of turning it all upside down this year with something different? Maybe a bit of both? So we have a couple this comments. Is, do you know what this question is? This question is, are you Stephanie Hansen, or are you Stephanie March? <laughs> Because maybe a bit about, and I already know the answer of what you're doing. doing? Like you're probably going to have lasagna. (laughs) That's Christmas. I mess with that on Christmas for sure. No, I I am literally though. I mean, I I know this. Well, remember last year I did just a recap for you guys. Last year I didn't for the first time ever buy two turkey or buy a massive turkey. I bought two turkeys. I bought two smaller turkeys and I had them break them down and I just did the breasts in the oven and then I did the legs. I cone feet the legs. Yeah. And I'm going to do that again because of course last year giant baby was not here. Happy to report giant baby missed that food so much that he is (laughs) in truth coming home for that. So all they need to do is miss a holiday usually once before they're like, "Mm, yeah, and don't don't put the guilt on them. Be like, yeah, you go, you go, explore your Thanksgiving with your friends. You you go. Let me know how that pizza was. (laughs) (laughs) No, pick up those green beans from the deli at the supermarket. That sounds great. Do that. All right. So the question answer, uh, a lot of people have answered already. There's, um, uh, like Jamie says, tried and true. Half of my side dishes are already in the freezer, ready to go. Okay, Jamie. Jamie. Amazing. Now I'm having more anxiety. Thank you. I know. Uh, Kibby says traditional. My daughters are getting their own families and home, so mom is helping them learn the basics of feast hosting. That's, that's what I'm. That's amazing. Uh, Faith says never traditional. Grandpa didn't like turkey, so we had tacos. Now it's a menu as varied as the guest list. This year so far will be fried chicken. Ham and cheese sliders, homemade mac and cheese, and pecan pie. Oh, my God. The only traditional thing is stuffing. But that's that's fun. Like, that's everyone's on board to bring, like, their signature dish. 
That's fun. I think this is great. So you guys go on the uh, go on the Facebook and definitely let us know which one uh, if you are both. And there's a there's a few that are like a little bit of both. You know, like my family won't let me change the menu too much, but there's clearly that vibe of like. How do you feel about roasted cabbage wedges in cheese sauce? Did you see me tag you on that post? No. Oh. Did you, oh wait. Do I need to? I haven't looked at my Facebook. No, it was a long time ago. No, it was a, it was an Instagram post that I think it was Bon oh, Appetit. Yes, yes. And yes. I was like, and I said, Hanson, this is the only way that I'm going to eat these. And it was roasted cabbage with cheese sauce. Okay, because that was the recipe that I saw that I was like, and I wouldn't make it for Thanksgiving. You wouldn't. But I would make it. Okay. So I was like, oh, roast chicken, maybe. I mean, Thanksgiving, like, you're not going to give someone a half a, first of all, you know, I'm the person that... Um, I've done it twice now in the last, I started getting my fall share, my CSA. Oh yeah. So yeah, last night, in addition to wild rice and squash, I ate a very large kale salad and yeah. Wow. And then <laughs> the weekend before you I should ate, let me know that the night before literally a whole head of Napa cabbage <laughs> roasted. Oh my God. So yeah, that's me. Okay, that's you right now. I really get really when I find a green, I'm You're real in. into you it. You are in. You are a little <laughs> obsessive on some of that. On some of that, that's pretty excellent. Oh, last night I was just like, and we were with a friend at a brewery, and they're like, "Well, the parlor burger trucks here." I was like, "Nope, I am cooking. <laughs> I, I have eaten home, out babies. five days. It's I'm grossed out by myself. I want to report. I'm gonna eat kale, wild rice, and squash, and be real happy about it. God, okay, just. <laughs> I want to report that I've been working this like week. You can tell by my Instagram. Like I haven't posted anything because I've been working. Like I've been edit, edit, edit. Cause we're doing, cause I'm writing the December. We're putting the December issue to bed, which is of course the MSP 50, the best restaurants issue. So that's just a lot of writing, a lot of editing, a lot of like these things. And, um, and so I basically, you guys, I work like I get up and I like sit on my computer and I work. I know this. You know this. So what did pattern. I have for dinner this week? Crackers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One day I was Dip. at Twin Cities Live and I got a thing of Rush Creek Reserve. And so, you know, to show for the thing. Yep. And I was like, or whatever show. And then I was like, oh. And so I had the Rush Creek Reserve in my fridge. I ate Rush Creek Reserve the entire. That I was love it. what I had for dinner. And then the next day cheese. I had like the saddest thing, which was just a like a. Baked potato, like a microwave. Was that girl dinner? It was girl dinner, <laughs> except for we'll never ever. Can I just call it like editor dinner? Maybe. Or I think because just... it, it's not about being a girl. It's about <laughs> hi. I don't have anything to do but work. That's it. I'm glad you said it because this is what happens when your kids leave, and I do the same thing. It was. A, it was a. You guys, a baked potato. My producer That's does it. it too. She like her husband was traveling. She spent an entire day. She's like, well, I spent an entire day in bed editing episodes. Yeah. Listen, sometimes, like, sometimes I'm very jealous of the people who go to an office, like, and report in at, like, 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock and then leave at 4. Well. What is that even like? I don't know. That is something that I probably will never know in my lifetime. we never will. No, well, because we're already, we're actually coming to the end of the work thing. So it's not like, I'm hoping, (laughs) I'm hoping there's a part where we don't have to do the work thing anymore. I don't know. What would you do? I mean, I'm going to have a lot. I'm going to still make content. You're, yeah, exactly. You're going to do what I'm doing, and you're going to be as obsessive oh, as ever. God, no. Okay. Like, oh, Thanksgiving recipes. Do I have enough Thanksgiving recipes? Yeah, I don't know. I I'm going to have a big Thanksgiving this year, too, because I'm having my family plus uh, Kurt's mom plus my sister and her kids, probably, plus my friends and their dad. So it's going to, oh, plus my stepmom's coming. It's going to be a big old... 
We are going to have a transitional year for sure at our house because my mom won't be there for the first time. I know. So, Those first holidays without your I'm gonna person have are a hard. Horrible, I'm going to be drunk by one. So let's just be clear about that. <laughs> you might have been drunk by one a yeah. few years ago anyway. I, how about every year if Matt's involved? <laughs> if Matt's there, I'm in trouble. All right. Do you need somewhere to go? No. I mean, what's a few more at my house? <laughs> no, no, my God, right? No, uh-uh. No, I have to cook this year specifically. That's like, that's the okay. therapy. Cooking yes, is therapy. It is therapy. All right, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. We come back, we have a great show. We are going to talk a lot about, we have some controversial issues coming up. We're going to talk about the half-baked harvest in the back half of the hour. Uh, the New York Times, if you haven't looked at the article, you can Google around it and find out what the controversy is. Um, and then we are also, we have a lot of other fun stuff planned for the show. We got some more Thanksgiving talk coming up in the second hour, and I'm not quite sure what we're talking about next, what your topic is. I don't know. Okay. I'll get there. We'll be right back. (laughs) Thanksgiving means family, and the YMCA wants you to be prepared with free cardio classes to help you breathe when Aunt Sheila asks, are you eating for two? Stress-reducing programs for when your new brother-in-law offers to improve mom's stuffing. Right now, the Y is just a dollar enrollment with no dues until 2024, the same year there's an election. And as we all know, the most spirited dinner conversations always involve politics. Learn more at ymcanorth.org. All right, I'm just uh, posting the roasted cabbage uh, with cheese sauce, just in case Where was that from? It was in Bon Appetit. It was Bon Appetit. Okay, I couldn't remember. I know I saw it and I tagged you immediately. Because I do love a good I know you cabbage. do. I think whenever I see cabbage now, you have become like the cabbage icon for me. I have a recipe that I still, it's so good. It's basically roasted cabbage and then it has like a fish sauce dressing. Yeah. With mint and cilantro and peanuts. Yeah. It's just incredible. It's just incredible. Um. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Uh, okay. So here we are back at Weekly Dish. Back at Weekly did, Dish. I did go to Las Vegas over the weekend yep. and went to U2, which was at the Sphere. How which was, was the Sphere? Fantastic. It looks, it looks crazy. It's so great. How long are they there? They upped. They're basically there like twice a week. And now they're there through the end of February. They added some more dates. Okay. It's if you like you too, which I do. They were kind of a seminal band for me. Um, it was just amazing. the The environment was amazing. The band was as sharp as ever. The mission that they delivered on opening the sphere, they got. How? Where were you in the sphere? Were you? We were on the third level, the highest level. Was it scary? I've heard weird things. It was it. a little <laughs> trippy, like you feel tippy, tippy. Uh, I will say, like normally <laughs> at a concert like that, everybody stands and is kind of dancing in their chair. We did stand and dance, but y- you couldn't move too much because you felt like you Terrifying. weren't steady. Yeah, I don't. Want and that. I watched people climbing into their seats. Like double holding onto railings and just a lot more sureness of feet. Yeah. Um, but also, it just, I don't, this is a weird way to describe this, but you know how sometimes when you go to an event or a festival, you feel like, and, and it's not, this is going to be, okay, I'm just going to say the words and then you <laughs> can like judge it. <laughs> You feel like you're a child, right? Like, let me check your bag. Let me oh. let me pat you down. Like, here's your ticket. Oh, can you get your ticket on your phone? Can you scan your ticket? Do I need to help you scan your ticket? And then you go to the bar and it's just like they have crappy food and crappy beer and they don't care. And you just feel like, oh, okay. Everything about this experience feels deluxe. 
like they are like, hey, welcome to the like welcome they welcome the you. They if you're having trouble with your phone, they pull you aside and really like spend time helping you. I noticed this man trying to find his tickets like and it's probably because they have so much staff. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to the bar, they're like, I was like, hey, well, can you make an old fashioned? It's like, of course I can make an old fashioned. Yes. Like, it's not like here you can have our two signature drinks and then our tap beer wall. Um, when you walk actually from the lobby into your seating area, you go through like an acoustic tunnel that's silent. So just these very, very small, cool. cool touches really made you feel like this was worth all of this money that you spent. And that's what I want to know is how much were tickets? Can you For tell me? I bought my tickets months ago and they were $300 a seat. Now, I also paid $300 a seat by the time I got done with fees for Michael Jackson's one at Cirque. Okay. At Mandalay Bay. Which is not a difference from paying for like a seat at the Vikings game. No. And I was like, wow, I can't believe those Michael Jackson seats were so much by the time I got to the final screen and the fees were added. Oh, I know. And I did it anyway because we were were there and we wanted to see it. But that didn't feel the same like value. Like, I just felt like, I feel like Bono was just on it. The band is sharp. The way that they incorporated the music and the graphics and the whole environment was just fantastic. Can I ask about the sphere itself? Like, do you see it? Like, when you're in Vegas, do you see it? Like, because I've seen these photos of these round, like, they've made it look like an eyeball. You can. That disturbs me so much. It's sort of hidden between the Venetian and the Palazzo. Okay, you can't. So, unless you seek it out. It's not dominating or anything. No. Okay. Unless you seek it out, you're not just wandering down the strip and there's this giant eyeball staring at you. Interesting. It's kind of hidden in amongst the buildings. Okay. But you, there is, you can drive down, I think it's Sahara and see it for sure. And it's it's amazing. It's cool. They have another show there called Postcards that is various uh, kind of like Planet Earth, that Omni Theater type thing. But they take you into an orange grove, and you can smell the oranges here. I want to do that. Yeah, there's some really. I want to cool do stuff. that. And there's rumors. I think it's almost confirmed that the Eagles are next. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I love the Eagles. My friend Mark Levine says that the Eagles concert is the best concert he's ever seen. And the documentary is amazing. And he's like, I don't have enough Eagles. Background. I do like them, yeah. but I don't know that that would be my jam. Right. Um, another thing I've heard is fish, which I think would be really cool. Okay. Now fish, you can understand. I, they are so hitting Gen X and like, that is hysterical to me. Yeah. Because they know that we have the money all of a sudden. Yes. And I've, I did, I did feel, um, and maybe, you know, my husband's having a significant birthday <laughs> Didn't and he just he's really feeling his significant birthday. It happened just a couple days ago. Yeah. And he's really having a moment where he's feeling his significant birthday. Got it. So I felt like I was maybe more aware of just our age and ages and what that feels like as we're aging, going to concerts and being in the Las Vegas environment and I was telling staff at 11 o'clock one night, I just had to go back to my room and take my pants off because I was so full. <laughs> like, I couldn't, the buttons, I felt like I was, like, what is that character in Willy Wonka? Like, I was like... Augustus Ver- Gloop? Or Veruca, the, where oh. I'm just, the lady the blueberry that's just exploding. Oh, no, that's Violet Program. That was yeah. me. And probably, you know, I ate three cups of cream, lobster bisque I started my meal with, and you st- it just went wait, from there. You started a meal with lobster bisque? I always do. I love lobster bisque, but it makes you just feel terrible. I was like, it's an a, hour it's later. It's a gut bomb. Yep. So 
but at you know twenty five, yeah, that didn't bother me. No, we were ta- at- yeah, we were talking about how it used to be where we could eat. I mean, I used to go on restaurant. You know, we used to have to go to cities and do restaurant tours, and you would eat four meals. Like yeah. you'd have lunch, and then you'd have mid afternoon snack and a street cart, and then you'd have two dinners. I'm literally down to one meal a day is when I feel my best. Yeah, and that's embarrassing, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're having like geriatric talk. This is not even the segment we were going to be having. I know we didn't even. I'm going to do the segment. We're having a different day. It's a different day. uh, I will say, like, um, we had some great food in Vegas. It's just, it's if you haven't been, I love Las Vegas, but I can you four days is the max, and we were five days. I wanted to always know this, and I never asked you. I came home fifty dollars down. Okay. I mean, for being there five days yeah. and gambling pretty much a little bit every day. Yeah. We don't gamble a lot, like maybe a half hour. Like, we're kind of lame about it. We don't like to lose a lot of money. We like to walk around. We like to look at stuff. That's, that's what we do. That's what it is. Yeah. All right. And eat a lot of food. The Vegas Roundup. All right. Up next, you guys, we're going to talk about the controversy around Tegan Gerard and the Half-Baked Harvest New York Times article by Julia Moskin. Stay tuned. All right, everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish on my talk 1071. Thanks for joining us this Saturday. It's not Sunday. Um, There was an interesting article that showed up this week that I was really, I put it on the Facebook page, and it's a Julia Moskin in the New York Times wrote about Tegan Gerard, who is the almost 30-year-old woman who in Colorado who is behind the popular blog and New York Times best-selling cookbooks, half-baked harvest you guys some of you remember when i discovered her and i was like wait a minute what is this woman and i got super into it for a little while i was obsessed with her and then i sort of you know backed off because i think as there's some there's some controversy around the article but there's controversy around tegan herself and i just thought it was a really interesting um moment to have this discussion can you enlighten us as to what the controversy is about her okay so Here's 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 what is let's break it down into two kind of camps is that she is a she is a woman who Tegan Gerard is has been doing this for 10 years, I think, for nearly a decade. So since she was she basically tried to go to fashion college, decided it wasn't for her, came home, started cooking for her family, which is a small you know, kind of a larger family. I think there's seven kids um, in Colorado. They live on kind of a, a ranch. And uh, she started cooking for her whole family. She was no, she kind of came into it at the same time as the Instagram world. So the visuals were extremely important. She enjoyed doing the visuals as much as she did the cooking. And so she became, she started to create things. And in fact, starts with the visuals and moves backwards from the recipes. The controversies are that one, well, there's a couple. One is that she doesn't really know how to cook. You know, that she's like, some of her recipes are not really great and that they're kind of the same thing over and over again. Uh, And then... Two, along with that, is the fact that she employs some cultural appropriation and that she sort of takes recipes and then says they're kind of hers, but without really attributing any sort of, uh, um, you know, the example they accountability. Used, the example or, they used of this was her attempting to make pho. Yeah, there's a couple of things in there that talks about that. And then the third piece of the controversy is about how uh, very, very thin she is and how she displays and how people are very worried that she's an that she's anorexic and the way that that communicates in the space of a food blogger 
And so these are kind of the controversies. And here's the deal. She has rabid fans. She has over two million followers. Yes, she is not. And this woman posts every single day. Yep. Um, And then she's, of course, a 29 year old. You know, she's not, you know, there's these controversies. And then there's the thing about people feeling like they have to comment on her weight. People who are championing, you should never comment about somebody's weight. There's things about all of this that are all tied up. And then I'm going to say that what's interesting to me, as of course, you know that I can only come at this from my journalistic lens, and I understand this, but Julia Moskin, to me, that article, whether or not you have feelings about Tegan Gerard, I... I was so disappointed in Julia Moskin in that article. Thank you. You're welcome. Because I am irate. Okay. This is the most ridiculous hit piece in the New York Times, by the way, feeling very Allison Roman. Yeah. Okay. So she started when Instagram started documenting and creating food. She's a photographer. She likes food. She puts cheese and cream and spinach and orzo in everything. So what? Maybe she has an eating disorder. So what? What about this is so documentable that the New York Times writes this whole article about this woman that is basically, if she wants to write a cookbook that has every recipe with cream and cheese, who cares? <laughs> like it doesn't, yeah. The funny, it's not bugging anybody well, else. Like, don't buy it. Like, I mean, yep. and like, and people who don't want. And who, why is this a story? Because well, she's a machine that makes money. Yeah. And that that's is, why. And it's not going to you, New York Times. Boo hoo. No. I, well, I think, I think the opening salvo from Julia is really the unfortunate piece. And I, I have to tell you the fact that she said, that the whole premise starts with the fact that she couldn't get on Tegan's docket for a year. Julia has been trying to write about this woman for a year. And then I think the other piece of this is she compares her to two people who have like created massive empires. She compares her to Martha Stewart and Ina Garten. That's not a fair comparison. No. You would never compare... Stephanie Hansen to Ina Garten. Exactly. With this is this exactly what that is. That is like, exactly I'm what that is. I'm not a trained is. chef. I wrote my family's recipes. I enjoy cooking. <laughs> I, I would document never said it. that. But you're absolutely right. And, and the problem is that Julia said the fact that she couldn't get in on this woman's docket for a year very clearly annoyed her and made her mad. And the bias is in is, and I don't even want to say bias because I'm not saying that all news media, I'm saying this is a personal thing for Julia that is unfortunate because she didn't ask the questions she should have asked. She didn't get into the story she should have gotten into because of the fact that she's so blinded by how like sort of miffed she was. I it's, it was, I, I was so confused reading the whole thing. I thought, what is it that this woman's doing? I've, I've, I have two half-baked harvest cookbooks. I don't cook out of them that much, but I like it. I think she wants to do this Instagram thing. She wants to be in her ranch and wherever she is. It's no different than what the Pioneer Woman did. And the Pioneer Woman has made an entire corporation out of it. It's no different than what this ballerina farms chick from Utah who's on her 12th child is doing on Instagram, who's a rancher, making it look like... That's why we like Instagram. Well, and this is what is the art form and what is the person. And this is this is what's interesting to me is that I was talking with this about with Elizabeth Reese last night because we were talking about how I mean, I think there's clearly something to say about the fact that this woman is anorexic. I mean, I don't I don't want to comment. I'm not 
out there commenting on her body, but there is a and Who then cares? well the under the, the thing is there's there is a we dis- didn't care that Paul Perdome was obese. There's a, but there's an interesting discussion. I'm just saying about the fact that there are people who say, do we have a responsibility when you see someone who is so who is so like having health is so clearly trapped in like who a health moment? Who cared about moment. Karen Carpenter? Well, I mean, but haven't we learned? Death, no one. But haven't we learned? But and that's hasn't not there our been job. social media? That's the question. But there are people who who post on her. This is a point. There are people who post and say, listen, this is my responsibility because I have battled this thing and I wish somebody would have said something to me. It's all personal. But I'm saying that they say, I'm going to unfollow you because it triggers me and I can't watch you. But I Fine. just feel like someone should say, like, you don't have to do this. Okay. And so it's like, it's, it's some of them, some of the people are feeling they're putting out, they're putting out a life jacket for this yeah, woman. Keep your life jacket. <laughs> we don't need to know every feeling you have. And while I respect that anorexia and bulimia is triggering and that the internet and social media makes a lot of that worse, if you feel so compelled, send her a direct message. Well, you don't have to put it in the comments. I agree. Because you're trying to get attention or you feel like that's your mission. It's not your mission. You well, can keep your comments to yourself on someone's health and wellness. And I think I said this last night, too. I was discussing it and I thought the difference is, is that and when I come from it from a journalistic standpoint and I look at the story, I don't think it was a story. I don't think it was the story. Julia didn't tell the story. She told one side and then she went into this other thing. She she framed up the controversies, but she didn't really get into people. She basically only talked to people who don't like her and she didn't visit. She didn't talk to anybody who can advocate for her besides I think her mom, which of course is not I mean, like you just make your Her mom look into a tiger. Source. I'm not saying that there's not weird stuff about this story and this woman and this whole thing, but the the difference of this is what's interesting to me is when you react to somebody who's in the public emotionally, when versus when you act thoughtfully, when you have like these massive feelings about it, that's about you. There was very versus little. if you think about it, if you react to someone and you find it interesting and there's a discussion versus you throw a giant comment screed, that's about you. There was very little in the story about that was like actual facts about how she built this empire, why it was important to her. But that's what how I'm saying. she's translated it into a lifestyle for herself and employees. Yeah. And I I just was like, wow, well, I just don't get why we're reading about this person and her rumors and the and we would never do this to a man, by the way. Well, and that's ever there's a lot of there's a lot of woman on woman crime happening in there and the shame game was real hard to watch because i thought again julia moskin is a talented writer and she's a great journalist and i have enjoyed many many of her pieces and this one felt so unlike her and i couldn't quite figure out why she would do that and i don't i still don't know other than she got her ego her own ego in a myth because she got kept getting put off by this by her team i don't know and she even states in the article that this tegan gerard has an anxiety disorder that she has said she has. Yeah. So it's a fact. Yeah. And you just piled on more. Yeah. Like, you know that about this well, person and, not, and that didn't. And I get it that it's not her responsibility as a journalist to have to like, you know, to, she's there to report news and she's there to like kind of package, you know, pieces of the world and, and look at people who are making this much money. And we haven't really touched on the cultural appropriation piece of this, which is the thing that a lot of people are angry about that she says this is fa, and then it's not fa. And but I, even Julia Moskin was like, it's and it has nothing even remotely like like related to fa. And I'm like, it's a noodle soup she made. So I don't. And she said it's fa style. 
So I don't know if you can say it's not like she put up a lasagna and said it was pho. And like, which, okay, by the way, if I put up a recipe, David Chang does, of and course. many other people. I mean, they and if do I put this. up a recipe for a pozole soup, am I culturally appropriating? Well, you might be. You're just not famous enough. Like exactly. So and the you know point what? is. I spent time with Sean Sherman the last couple of weeks and you think about who owns what and what's indigenous and where <laughs> our food comes from. I know. And we're all, if anyone's guilty of that, it's everybody's guilty of that. Well, nothing I, is new. Nothing is exclusive. Nothing is your own. Well, the hard part is truly recipes aren't. And there's, there's something to say about, and this is where the, the, there's, there's this moment with cultural appropriation and things that people, there is no authenticity. That's true. There is none. And we all, I think we even, everybody kind of needs to get into that space. And they do, most chefs understand that. Um, because again, I want to be able to have my Vietnamese friends making Southern barbecue. And I want to be able to have my Mexican friends cooking fine French. I don't mm-hmm. want there to have to be this weird line of stuff. Um, and then at the same time, I want, um, but the idea that you want someone to appreciate it, again, that's on you. You want someone to change and be a different person. You can't, the only thing you can do is unfollow her and you can unsupport her. You don't have to dethrone her. You don't have to like take everything away. But like you can't change her into something that you want to make you feel any different better. than the smitten kitchen. Well, I mean, same story. I don't even know smitten kitchen, I guess. Oh, I, know? I mean, I know the site, but I don't know kitchen if keepers. I mean, she's got like eight best-selling cookbooks, millions of followers. Deb Perlman. Oh, same, oh. same exact story. Yeah. Now maybe. Did she go to culinary school? I don't know. I don't care. Well, and this is the hard part is this is Tegan is and then we have to take a break, you guys. But we are going to have the Ask Stephanie portion. So if you want to call in 651-641-1071. But one more point I think is interesting is that this woman has said, Tegan has said across the board, I she's just a she first of all, she is just a home cook. She has never had. You know, uh, like she hasn't built anything out of other than she's messing around in the kitchen. And she says it there that she comes from a place where she is, um, you know, she's building from the look of it down. The last line of the story is the worst part to me is the one that when they they kind of come at her and be like, she doesn't even know how to defrost a chicken. And she was like, why would I do that? Like, Google it. And they take that as a as a moment of a condemnation. They make her shameful for that. And me, as a content person, and you as a content person, my point is, you don't need me to tell you how to do that. There's so many resources on the internet that already do that. You don't need me for that. But that's not how it was framed. It was framed as a as an insult. Yeah. So that's I thought the, the whole thing was very, very irritating. Yeah. So there we go. We're gonna and take- it would never happen to a man. It probably Boom. wouldn't. No. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You ever get that feeling where you know you need to get something off your chest? Holding stuff in really becomes a stressor. Things you want to mention to your boss, your partner, your parents. Bottling it up only makes things worse and start to make our life go sideways. But what can we do about it? Therapy is a great safe space to get things off our chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just putting those bottled up words out into the universe can be a big help, especially when it's in a safe space with your therapist. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You start by filling out a questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no charge. Visit betterhelp.com weeklydish today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Weekly Dish. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey everybody, thanks for coming coming to Weekly News. Thank you for coming back and listening to our re, our scrant, our re, I can't. I'm Scream! De- Scream! Thank you! My God. Uh, this is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, you guys. 651-641-1071. If you want to call and weigh in on um, anything. If you want to talk about uh, Tegan Gerard and the Half-Baked Harvest article. Um, if you want to talk about Thanksgiving and you have some questions about planning. Or we're going to talk about Thanksgiving meal kits in the next hour. So get ready for that. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know... I I just think you made a good point off air, and I do want to kind of circle back on that about how there's something about you know the lightning rod of this with women and weight is uh, is an interesting point that I didn't really consider, and that women do like there's things that are buried deep within a lot of us that we have maybe not confronted and we don't know how to confront, and then when we see someone who is you know big and famous and has a ton of followers and is splashed all over the place, and then it triggers an emotion and then you don't even really understand your emotion for why you're either angry at her or you feel sad for her or you feel like you need to like save her. All of these things are emotional responses to and again is about something that you have to deal with. Maybe and that one, I don't know. I, I just, the whole thing for me as someone who has had weight thoughts and controversies and deals with self acceptance of herself my entire life this whole article, this whole judgment, every comment that I've read specific to weight feels just like, wow, this is really, this is women. Yeah. I, and we didn't, don't do this to men. No. And we have a caller and I think it's who I think it is. Is this Elizabeth? Yeah. Hi. Oh, I'm so glad that you called in Elizabeth. 651-641-1071. How did this, uh, did you read this article and did you have thoughts about it? I did not read the article. I just listen to you girls every weekend. And I love you all. But I um, I follow her, and I'm not, and I love her. I really do. I love her recipes. I've made a lot of stuff. I'm not a chef. I'm not by any means. But I didn't read that article. But it was interesting to hear you guys talk about it because I just feel like, like you said, if you have nothing good to say about it, unfollow her. If you yeah. don't like how she is, I think she is thin. You're right, she is. But I've never really thought twice about it. I just love her recipes and what she's done. So I kind of like put that aside and just kind of like what she's all about i think she's got a big family she seems very involved with all of that and i just i just like her but i just wanted to comment because i, I that was an interesting article and i hadn't read it yeah yeah no and, and there's something too about this that is so interesting to me is the way that like you like her recipes and this is the same thing like i found her recipes i found them interesting when i yeah. when i got done with them i got done with them but like i don't need to dig into her personal being to appreciate her recipes either you know? Right, exactly. That's why when you brought that article, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even know this right. was a thing. But I really just enjoy some of the stuff she puts out there. Sometimes I just tweak things or I like, take ideas that she's got. And I'm like, I, I just go with it. But anyway, I just wanted to comment because yeah, I do like thanks. her and I like her stuff. But I, I don't really think twice about having to intervene with her personal weight or you know health issues or any of that. Right. One right. of the other pieces that we talked about here that 
is interesting. And that is that Instagram is teaching some people how to cook. Yeah. You know, like people are eating whole foods, whether they're cream and rice and cheese or not. They're learning how to cook things. They're getting expired to go into their kitchens. If if we can get anybody off of processed food and into a kitchen doing anything, we're winning as a society. That's better for everyone. And I don't necessarily have to like buy all these cookbooks, but I love to take ideas from things I see online. And if I see somebody doing it and making it and pictures, I'm like, oh, this is. Yeah. 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 Thanks for calling. Absolutely. Liz. Thanks, Elizabeth. I appreciate it. Um, there's something else to say about the fact that if you looked at the. So if I was reading the New York Times comments and um, I was reading about a number of New York Times readers were saying, I don't even know who this person is. I Google recipes all the time and I don't even know who this person is. And they're like, this person isn't even famous, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I, it just, it was a stark, it was a stark reality check on the fact that there really is like her market is 20 year olds. Her market is not the 55 year olds. Like it, that's again, is like comparing her to Martha Stewart and Ina Garten is so bizarre because that's one, that's a whole different segment of, of reader and listener and we're food dipped. So there's definitely, we know more about it, but I'm just saying she's like, like when you, you know, the, the people, it doesn't come up on their Google. It's like, guys, I want you to know that that's more about you than it is about Google. I would to also say if the article had been about the next, who's the next Ina Garten, right? Who's the next, uh, Martha Stewart. And is it her? Is it Deb Perlman from Smitten Kitchen? Is it right? Um, I can't think of, but there's a, a few. There's a handful of other people out here. Is it uh, uh, salt, fat, heat, and acid? What's Samin. her name? Thank you. Is it her? Like, is it the lady that wrote the cookbook, the Mexican cookbook that's got the bright pink cover that everyone is so crazy about right now? What it, like is that the article? Like, who is this next generation of people, and what is their? Are these home cooks? Are they chefs? Like that would have been the article to me, but it wasn't, it was just a hit piece on this woman who maybe has anorexia, maybe is anxiety ridden, maybe just likes to cook food and buy expensive bags. And who like cares? is making a living, like a great living off it. We have Pam on the line. Pam, you have a comment about all of this? Pam. Oops. Oh, you got- yep, I'm here. Hi, Pam. Hi. Hey, I just wanted to tell you guys. Oh, Pam, that- wait. Hold hey. on one second. Yeah, can you hold on? Actually, yeah. we're, we're going to wrap it up, but we're going to hold on and have we'll you. We'll take your call on yeah. the other side. Okay, thanks. We'll be right back.